presentation before I can get in, and it's one of the most important of the day. But when men get together, and we did uh, Friday night and had a grill out, and then we immediately made it rain, so it's probably our fault. No, just kidding. Um, uh, we grilled steaks and super burgers and all types of stuff, and uh, had about 10 of us together, played a cornhole tournament, and... Uh, there's still some uh, arguments of who won. <laughs> and I don't know if uh, Nathan asked if he could have a moment in the service to uh, defend his team. Just kidding. <laughs> he's not even here, so he's not going to hear the spiel. Um, but we joked around about if we have a trophy, uh, we don't. But we have brand new um, water bottles, but they're probably like five years old. I don't know when you guys had them made, but uh, these are brand new. And so I think the champion was Ted and Todd, and I meant to um, talk, I meant to do this when Todd was in service. But anyway, come up, get your trophy, and then after, and Kent's, oh, 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 <laughs> there's Nathan. <laughs> All right, so congratulations on the first cornhole champion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, whenever guys get together, we have to make a competition out of something. So I was glad that, you know, what, what was supposed to be a relaxing night took up about three hours of intense. Uh, it's basically beanbag toss is what cornhole is, if you don't know what cornhole is. But anyway, so we'll look forward to more of that in the summer. So ladies, come to your tea on Wednesday, May 17th. I don't know if you're going to play cornhole. I don't know what competition you'll have, but join us for that. All right. This morning, uh, I want to continue with our uh, topic of serving the Lord and using your um, gifts for Him. I believe that God has uh, placed us in the Great Commission. He's given us the Great Commission after He died and Jesus rose again, and one of the last things he said on earth was to his disciples and all of his believers is what we call the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, not just to Carrington, but to this region, to North Dakota, to the United States and around the world. And um, I hope you've kind of seen the progression uh, of our messages and with Brother Bennett here a couple weeks ago to talk about uh, each of us have unique gifts and we were created as a masterpiece uh, from God with, when we'll, we'll read that verse here in just a minute. But when we talk about the Great Commission, it goes hand in hand uh, with kind of my term, the Great Expression, where Jesus expressed serving others uh, when he did that so many times for the disciples, washing feet, getting on the ground, kneeling down and washing disgusting feet is showing us how important it is to serve one another. And how do we take the gospel? How do we fulfill his great commission uh, to go into all the world? We do that by serving others. So my challenge to you is that you would use your talents and your abilities and, and the gifts that God has blessed you with to serve others in these areas. One, in our church, volunteer uh, to greet at the door. We need greeters or uh, to usher or uh, to be in the nursery and play with babies and uh, run this audio and, and visual. Anything that helps our services go well. Uh, you can tell when there's nobody in the nursery, okay? Uh, it gets loud, it gets crazy, stuff gets broken, okay? Thankfully, uh, we always have someone in the nursery, but we need more help in there. You can serve uh, our community by encouraging, by praying with, by speaking life uh, to people, uh, giving, leading, serving, all of that. There's, I, I, you can't even name all the ways that you can serve the church, you can serve in the community, and you can serve in our worship services, just like where we're at right now. We're going to look at some of the spiritual gifts today of praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, interpreting 
those uh, prophesying, distinguishing uh, of spirits. Um, so many ways you can be praying during a worship service. You can be encouraging one another during a worship service. You can be giving during a worship service. We're going to talk about those today. And in the future, in the next coming weeks, I want us to look at our gifts that are listed here in the Bible. But some of them, you won't find door greeter in the Bible, okay? You won't find a diaper changer in the Bible. They're not specifically listed, but we need you as part of those teams uh, to help the ministry go forth. I want to start with uh, kind of the process of how do you identify what gifts you have? How do we know uh, which gifts were, are we born with them? Does God place them in us? How does that happen? The process is kind of like this. We're born uniquely. We're a masterpiece, as uh, Pastor Bennett explained, that we, we are created with characteristics and uh, personalities, with abilities and interests. Thankfully, we're not all have the exact same ability and the exact same interests or hobbies, right? We're all different. And it's, it's shown in the diversity uh, all around us. And they can all, all of those things can be used to serve others. Extroverts tend to be more hospitable, right? Uh, detail-oriented people. They can plan and organize events well or just the everyday operations. Tender-hearted people naturally show mercy to those less fortunate. They just have that uh, that knacker ability. Happy people encourage others easily, all right? There's people in my life uh, like, man, I want to just stand next to them because they're going to just bubble over and they're so encouraging. There's people in my life that tell me I'm so awesome and I don't even know them that well. I'm like, man, you're the, you're the best. Like, wow, really? Wow, that's awesome, you know? And so I want to be around those people. Um, some people are better with children. Some people are better with junior hires. God bless them. And others are better uh, with adults. So God has placed uh, these characteristics, these traits, and these abilities in each one of us. Do you remember uh, we quoted Ephesians 2, chapter 10, for we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God prepared you ahead of time to be in the plan. If you're in his plan, if you're doing his will, right? He created those things that are going to take place in your path for you to be the person uh, to fulfill those, if that makes sense. When you come upon uh, an opportunity and you take that opportunity to speak life into someone or to help someone, if you come across uh, any, I mean, it's, there's so many examples out there that when you are used uh, by God, God pre-planned uh, that uh, for you. He prepared that for you, that we would walk in it. So God placed within us these abilities and these interests, but then he leaves it up to us to walk in them and use them for his purpose. Non-Christians, or uh, I like to call them pre-Christians, because someday they'll hopefully come to know the Lord, they can use those traits for good as well. Um, but they don't glorify God or his purposes. Uh, we see many uh, charitable organizations and a lot of good things that are happening. Um, so even uh, God creates all of us, right? And so even the people that don't believe in him, he created them and he placed those abilities and those interests in them too, hoping that they would use it uh, for his good and for his purpose. So we see that in the world. We see that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, just Christian to uh, do good things. But we, if you're in this room, uh, you have a relationship with God. And uh, we want to encourage you to use those gifts and those abilities to serve him, no matter where you're at in your walk with him. 
Even churches with a great number of needs for what we might call entry-level volunteers, they'll offer, again, pre-Christians, the opportunity to serve as maybe a camera operator or a door holder because it's kind of a low-impact role that hopefully will lead them uh, to a relationship with God. But again, when we talk about using our gifts to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to tell everyone about Jesus, there's a prerequisite of salvation. To effectively serve in order to spread the love of God to everyone, you need to be a believer in that love of God, right? You following me? So salvation is the first place that we obtain gifts. The Holy Spirit indwells believers And it's separate from the filling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about that later on. Ephesians 1, verse 13 says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. We know from Romans 12, 6, and uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, and and verse 11, that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts to individuals. And we'll read all about that in a few moments. And he does that according to God's will. How does uh, God will uh, the gifts into your life? Which gifts do you have? Well, the Holy Spirit uh, distributes those. Our growth in the Lord is not finished at salvation. So when we get saved and Uh, God's in our life and we receive those gifts. That's not the finished product. Actually, let me pause for just a moment. Uh, I made a a sheet about the spiritual gifts. So if the ushers would mind, this would be a good time uh, to pass those out. And so this will help you. We won't have all the slides on the screen um, because we made this. uh, Hopefully it's helpful and and instructive for you. So our growth in the Lord is not finished at salvation. When we get saved, it's awesome, it's a powerful moment, and that's a great step in our walk with God, but it's not the final step, it's actually the beginning. It's like the first step, okay? And so we receive, uh, the Holy Spirit will dwell in us, and he'll bring out the gifts in us that God has uh, blessed us with according to his will. Um, why some people have some gifts and others don't, who gets what, you'll have to ask Jesus when you get to heaven. Um, But for now, we just know that upon salvation, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and those gifts um, begin to come. But we need to be desiring, we need to be hungry for more. We need to be, hopefully we have a hunger to reach others uh, with the gospel. We have a hunger to do more for Christ and to serve the Lord. And so we follow the process that the disciples went through in being baptized in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, uh, which we celebrate on May 28th, 50 days after uh, Easter celebration is usually when that occurs. So on May 28th, we'll talk more specifically about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But after salvation, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, but in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a subsequent and a separate work in our life, the Holy Spirit is then released in our life. Upon that moment, we'll see some more gifts that are given to us. The baptism of the I don't I don't want to get too much into that. We'll talk about that later. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a powerful uh, release of the Holy Spirit into our life. Separate from salvation, the Holy Spirit's indwelled in us at the baptism as he's out of us, right? Released from us. So without further ado, let's dive into these gifts. There's a lot on here. I was going to try to do them all uh, in this service. And my sermon turned into nine pages. Uh, it's typically five or six. So we're going to stop at a good spot, uh, part way, about a little over halfway through them. And so 
you're welcome to, that's your paper. Uh, you can write on it. However, I, I didn't want to give too many descriptions. I don't know what will touch your heart and help you to understand what those gifts are and what they're for. I tried to lay out the verses that they're listed in. Um, some of them are listed in all three uh, different places. And um, reading those passages uh, will help you to kind of understand the context of those gifts. Um, so know that some of the gifts are repeated. And also you may know of people that are gifted in areas maybe not listed uh, on here, like how uh, Nathan has the amazing gift of changing diapers. Amen. No? You don't? Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> but it's difficult to categorize these gifts um, because there's so many different uh, things to them. Um, they can fall under so many, they can kind of tie together. Um, they're just, this is a list that Paul was bringing to the church in, in Corinth and Romans and, Ephi, and Ephesus, right? And um, we, we, would, we would limit the gifts if we were to say, this is what it is. This is the category. I tried to put it uh, in categories on your paper and as we'll discuss today, um, not to put them in a box, but to help us to see uh, what their intent is or what their uh, purpose of the gifts are. Okay, We don't want to uh, limit the gifts, um, but we want them, and we don't want also, we don't want to stoke uh, ego by placing an importance on the gifts. So the first gifts I list aren't the most important. Uh, you'll find in reading that uh, Paul says there are greater gifts and we'll talk about those and how some are uh, greater than others, mostly because of the impact, um, the edifying or building up of the church or uh, the salvation of uh, the lost. And so with that said, I have categorized them uh, to help us to detail the specific function of each one, um, but let's not limit that to um, what I've, where I've put them. So we're going to begin with the passage from Romans chapter 12, and it'll be on the screen. And there are seven gifts listed there. Um, four of them are only listed here, and they're best described as gifts of practical assistance. So let's read Romans 12, uh, 6. This is Paul writing. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy with, in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I love how he doesn't just stay each one but encouraging us, uh, exhorting us, pushing us to do it generously, diligently, cheerfully, right? So for these gifts are gifts of practical assistance, meaning they are used towards those who need help or sympathy. The first one is the gift of service. Now, you'll notice that some of the gifts are pretty self-explanatory, like this one, to serve. One author called it the gift of relationship practicality. I failed, and I should have put it on there, but uh, let me give credit where uh, credit is due. Uh, I've studied a lot through a book by Anthony Palma called um, The Holy Spirit, and it goes really deep into all kinds of, all about the Holy Spirit, and then most of it is about the spiritual gifts. And then also, uh, one of the Assemblies of God former superintendents, George Wood, uh, put out a, a long sermon, longer than mine, uh, about, about life by the Spirit. And so you could look up both of those, and um, they have authors that they use. And I mean, what I say, they've, they've said and others have said too. Um, and so, but I want to give, I, I should have given credit by writing that on the paper, but um, those are the, the resources that I've used and then obviously my own uh, inspiration. So service, one author uh, called it the gift of relationship practicality. It involves the practical ministry to those in need. 
It's a broad gift. Many things uh, you do could fall under this gift. In the early church, uh, they started electing deacons uh, to help with the distribution of food and uh, funds to help the widows, to help orphans, and the ministry got so uh, big and taking up time that they said, man, we need leaders just for this ministry. And so uh, that would be an example uh, of the gift of service. It was the basis for that ministry that we see in our church today, that Jesus exemplified this gift as he washed the disciples' feet. So gift of service. Uh, The second one is the gift of encouragement or exhortation. The Greek word uh, for it is one called alongside to help. Okay, if you have the gift of encouragement, you're coming alongside to help someone. This is a speaking gift, that it's related to the gift of prophecy and the gift of teaching that we'll learn about later. But the main difference here is that an encourager is inspired by God to build up, uh, to lift up uh, someone who is down. I can be encouraged by a great teacher or a sermon, but in everyday life, I love how God brings a phone call or a person in the store, unexpected, that just speaks life. Quoting scripture or using personal stories that show, hey, I'm with you, Uh, you're not alone. One author um, differentiated this gift by saying, the prophet depends upon his interaction with the Spirit of God and with the Word, the teacher depends upon a thorough mastery of the subject to address it, but the encourager, the exhorter, depends more upon a need to arise that he could address so that he could help to encourage and to inspire people. The next gift is the giver, he who gives. And this gift goes, it's above and beyond just uh, putting money in an offering plate. Uh, We're all supposed to uh, obey the Lord and giving of tithes and and offerings. This goes above and beyond that. This is special in that uh, people with this gift of giving, they recognize the needs of others. And then they'll see ways that they can fulfill those needs, whether it's with their time or their skills, or their finances, okay? Some people just have a knack, and I try to get this, right? Uh, they can see when, when someone's in need and they can help them. And I pray often, man, help me to understand what I can do to help a person. And people with the gift of giving just know, and this is what I can do, right? And they can recognize that. Please don't narrow this gift down to say, oh, it's only the rich that have this gift. The Greek word here is defined as to share, okay? So broaden your scope to realize that it's bigger than just putting money towards a project. Uh, Missions trip people that we just went down to the Hanis, they literally, they didn't need our money for that project to take place. They had the money. They needed the people. They needed the skills of the people, right? And so givers with that gift uh, can do things in that way. The fourth uh, gift of assistance, uh, he who shows mercy The word mercy is the same used in the story of what we call uh, the Good Samaritan. Remember that? The Samaritan, what comes upon a man who had been uh, beaten and robbed and others said Jesus uses this story to show others kind of walked around him and skipped him. But in this story, the Samaritan is the one that had mercy. It includes tending the sick or, or relieving the poor, caring for the aged and disabled and visiting prisoners. One author uh, described as saying, there are indeed critical needs where teachings or words of any kind cannot help. So we need gifts of mercy. When a person is terminally ill, it isn't uh, the prophet or the, the teacher or even sometimes the encourager who has the impact, but it's that person that has that way of showing mercy. 
George Wood uh, quoted that. After listing each of these gifts, Paul emphasizes if our gift is service, serve. If it's encouragement, encourage. If it's giving, give generously. If your gift is mercy, do it cheerfully. All of these gifts, he's not uh, uh, like a teacher uh, listing these out, okay? Uh, He's pushing, he's inspiring uh, the body of believers uh, into service for the kingdom of God. The second category of lists that includes uh, three from the passage I just read is gifts of leadership, okay? Uh, The first leadership uh, gift is the gift of, pro- of a prophet or prophecy. And we'll talk about this uh, in a later uh, list as well about the worship service. But uh, gift, this gift is listed in uh, the other two passages about gifts as well. One who prophesies literally uh, speaks for God. They get a revelation from God concerning the believers in the church or individuals uh, in the body of Christ. It doesn't have to only take place during a church service, what we'll talk about later, but uh, someone with this gift can have a revelation from God outside of uh, the service. Actually, most of these gifts are used outside of the hour and a half worship service we have on a Sunday, okay? God empowers us and equips us to use them every day in the workplace, at school, everywhere we go. So this is another gift that uh, could have some overlap with other gifts. So a pastor hears from God and, and preaches the word, but our gift is more uh, about learning and breaking down God's word and having uh, a prophecy that way. Uh, prophecy is primarily concerning a crisis or need which faces God's people. The prophet will hear from God and speak out uh, what the person or persons are to do. We, uh, we see examples of prophets throughout the Old Testament um, about how the people of God, what, what, what they were to do, what was going to happen to them. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll continue to talk about prophecy later on, like I said. Uh, the next uh, gift of leadership is that of a teacher or teaching It's also listed in all three passages. The gift of teaching, again, is somewhat self-explanatory. Those who focus systematically in presenting the truth of God's word are blessed with this gift. Teachers tend to want to bring everything under an idea. They'll use an outline, three points or five points, um, and they'll be thorough and they'll be consistent. Luke, who wrote the books of Luke and Acts, was a gifted teacher. And in Acts, uh, I believe it's like chapter 24, hey, he talks about Apollos, was another uh, man that uh, was a great teacher. Luke uh, describes him as he was fervent in spirit, speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus. The next gift of uh, leadership is he who leads. So kind of a a broad or generic term, but uh, the Greek word here is proistemi, and it means to preside over or to direct. It has a second definition of to care for or give aid to. So not just anyone who leads. We see a lot of good leaders uh, in, the, in the church and in the world, but someone with the gift of uh, he who leads, a leader. In the early church, this gift is linked with the elders, and it's also exampled by Jesus and others in his servant leadership. This gift is used to help the body of Christ move and to fulfill uh, the objectives that the Lord has for it. We're going to stay in the heading of gifts of leadership, but we're going to add some from the passage in Ephesians 4. If you want to put uh, that verse, those verses on the screen, we're going to read from verses 11 to 12. Under the, uh, continuing under the gifts of leadership, the first one is apostles. 
Oh, sorry, I didn't read the verse yet. Uh, And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. I kind of highlighted that at the top of your page there. That's kind of the nutshell uh, purpose of all of these gifts, to equip you, the saints, for the work of service for the Lord, to the building up of the body of Christ. The first one, apostles, uh, it's also mentioned as a gift in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, that the list in Ephesians are distinguished as offices also. We see pastors, evangelists, teachers as a set-apart calling. Some churches do so with apostles and prophets too, but maybe not so uh, prevalent today. But in the early church, they labeled apostles as uh, those who were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ and who had been commissioned by the Lord to lay the foundation of the church. So what that translates to uh, today is how we can, and how we can define the gift of apostolic ministry is a church building, fellowship building work, exercised with accompanying miracles that are the work of the Spirit. George Wood described it as, we might even extend the idea of apostle to one today who goes into an area where the church of Jesus Christ does not exist and through whose labor and ministry the church of Jesus Christ is brought into being. I see uh, missionaries and church planters uh, would probably fall under that gift of apostle. The next uh, gift of leadership is evangelist. The gift of evangelism is to preach the gospel uh, to the non-Christian. Okay, All Christians are to be witnesses of Jesus, and we all have that responsibility to show Jesus, to tell Jesus, to be uh, a light to the world. So we all should be evangelizing, using that word. But some are given extra abilities Uh, to testify about Jesus, and that when they do, uh, many people come to know the Lord. Okay, so we should all evangelize, uh, but not all of us have the gift of evangelism. You can see, um, you know, in in the Christian world, those who have that gift, uh, Billy Graham can uh, have thousands come uh, to hear him speak and thousands respond to his message. He had the gift of evangelism, but it's not just, I I say him as an example, but it's not um, just that you're in front of hundreds of people uh, to preach, Um, but God gives you um, the boldness to speak to non-Christians about Jesus and and to share what he's done, and um, they come to know the Lord. The next gift of leadership is that of a pastor. Um, This gift literally means shepherd, and we've talked about that in some of our sermons. One who pastors assumes responsibility for the welfare of the flock, of God's people. So to pastor or to shepherd is to uh, feed spiritually, okay? To protect from the enemy, from false teachers um, who look to devour. The enemy is always out there prowling around, right? And so uh, my goal and what God's called uh, me as the pastor of this church uh, is to feed you, to protect you, uh, to uh, watch over. We don't just let anyone come in and speak, right? So we know who's going to be behind the pulpit, and I've, I know that they're going to be good and not cause you to stumble. So if that ever happens, please uh, let me know if you ever... Uh, hear something wrong from the pulpit here. Our third passage continues with gifts that fall under gifts of leadership. 1 Corinthians 12, and I know it's kind of weird, I'm going to start at the end of the chapter and and work back. So uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28 says that God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, then helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. 
And again, I know he lists them and says first, second, third. Um, it's not a priority of who's uh, better or what's more important. Um, it's the way he's listing out uh, these gifts. The first one uh, that I, I haven't talked about yet is, is helps, the gift of helps. This gift is a special ability that some people have to uh, invest the talents uh, that they have into the life and ministry of others in the body. And so we can, all can help, okay? but some are gifted with the ability uh, to see the needs in others and do something about it. Again, it kind of goes with the gift of uh, giving or acts of service, uh, you know, the gift of service. Um, but um, one author um, referred to the four men who carried their friend on a stretcher, uh, tore open the roof above Jesus and lowered him down. Okay, he wouldn't have, I don't know, maybe he would have been healed a different way, but that moment he wouldn't have been healed if it wasn't for those with the gift of help to see we need to get our friend to Jesus and this is the only way we can do it. And they carry him there, okay? Uh, the gift of administration. Uh, this gift enables a member uh, to serve as, uh, a couple authors use this example, it's great, as a helmsman uh, to the congregation. Herman Beyer said that a true director of its order and therewith of its life. Someone with this gift is efficient, they set out a task and they know how to map it out so that you can accomplish it, okay? Like a helmsman on a ship, they pull in all the loose ends and they take care of all the detail and they make sure the ship stays on its course and runs its course to its goal, similar uh, to the gift of leadership. Though I think we can see uh, the main difference here would be you can see good leaders and you can see good administrators. Sometimes uh, the best leaders aren't good at administrating, right? And you can see some administrators uh, aren't great at leading groups of people. So you can kind of see the, the difference there. The next heading of our gift, this, is, this will be the last section we'll cover today, is uh, the gifts of uh, power and of revelation and of worship. Uh, two gifts that we read about uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. They're also uh, listed earlier in verses 8 through 10, and in addition to several others that will fall under these three headings. So 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 7. Now, uh, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit, a word of wisdom, to another, a word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, uh, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of those tongues. So the, the one heading I want to cover today is the gifts of power. So gifts of healing is the first gift listed here. Both of these words, gifts and healings, are plural, meaning there are multiple ways uh, that God heals and there are multiple uh, things that he heals. Um, so he can, the healings are administered uh, instantly or gradually. They can be um, administered by laying on of hands or by anointing with oil. Uh, you can pray for someone uh, in Africa today and they could be healed. Uh, you don't have to be right there. And it may not be an instant in this moment, but it may be a, a, way we, a different way that we see the healing come. And then there's multiple types of healing, not just physical uh, healing, but um, emotional and spiritual it's important to note that God does the healing. The person with the gifts of healing uh, is used by God to be the, the source of praying uh, for that person. Um, we see a lot, so many examples of that. But looking at the Bible, the, the um, disciples 
couldn't heal every single person that they wanted to heal. It wasn't up to them to um, say, oh, I want this person healed, so I'm going to pray for that person. It's always God inspiring them and using them um, to, do, to uh, work the healing through, okay? Next is a gift of miracles. And this gift is uh, distinguished from gifts of healing in that it would include extraordinary demonstration of God's power, okay? It's apart from miraculous healing. Um, types of miracles could be uh, freedom from demonic spirits or uh, nature uh, miracles like feeding the 5,000 um, or the calming of storms. Um, it could be miracles of provisions like God providing for Elijah through the widow. And um, we can pray for all of these miracles. There's so many uh, different miracles that have happened today. I, I don't have time to go through a whole list, but just one. Uh, there is a major event happening in Springfield, uh, Missouri at James River there, and it was storming like this, and they prayed that the rain would not make them lose this opportunity for this event, and you can, they can show a radar of, it was like a ring around, and it stayed dry and never affected their thing. They prayed, and that's a nature uh, miracle, right? There's others that we could do, but I got to uh, move on from that. So last is uh, the gift of faith. Now, uh, we all have faith, right? You're here today, you, you believe in God, and you have um, that faith in Him. But the spiritual gift of faith is a supernatural endowment by the Holy Spirit, and it enables a person uh, to believe for an extra demonstration of the power of God. It's an insurance to them that draws the supernatural into our natural world. The type of faith that can move mountains. Uh, the gift of faith is used to build up the faith in those in a group to accomplish something. Um, one person sometimes may be inspired, like we can do not more than just uh, we can score this touchdown, okay? But uh, building up of others' faith that man, we can pray and God is going to do something, and it's a confidence that builds up uh, through that person into other people to accomplish something big. This gift will usually coincide with one of the gifts of healings or the gifts of miracles. So I want to stop there and we'll, uh, we're going to end with a time of communion if the ushers want to prepare and we'll have uh, part of the worship team kind of play in the background. How do we relate communion uh, to the spiritual gifts? What's my challenge to you uh, today as we explain these gifts and we talk to these gifts through you? I, I hope maybe you have a little check mark in your mind of, oh yeah, this gift, I've seen this used, or I've used uh, this gift, or I've, uh, I feel like God's given me this gift, I need to work on that. I hope that it will challenge you. Um, we'll go through the rest of the gifts in a, a couple weeks. I, I should have noted earlier, next week we're going to have a missionary, Sean Tayon, who's been here before, who's helped you with um, Celebrate Recovery before. Um, so we're going to have him present a ministry um, that he's embarking on next week. But then the following week, we'll continue uh, speaking on the spiritual gifts and how the Holy Spirit moves in our life. And, and the goal of all of this is that you would be equipped, you would recognize the gifts that are in you, you'd pray for more, help me and other leaders in our church to bring that out of you, uh, that you would use them in your daily uh, walk with the Lord. And as we end the service with communion, uh, God, Jesus, told us we take communion uh, always to declare Him and what He's done for others, uh, what He's done in our life. We, we proclaim the Lord's death and, and resurrection until He comes back. That's what we're doing when we're serving the Lord. I've joked about it a lot about the nursery today, 
Um, but they are serving the Lord and they're proclaiming Jesus uh, to those little babies and the kids' church workers and the, all of us doing uh, the work of ministry. We're proclaiming uh, Jesus, his life, uh, what he's done for us. And so we want to take communion uh, this morning as a way of uh, honoring him and just giving our life to him, saying, God, we, we recognize these gifts in our life and we want to use them uh, for your glory. Would you stand with us? Uh, just a brief instruction. Close, this communion is not a, a closed communion to only the members of the church. It's uh, only for the members of God's family. Uh, you don't have to be a member of this church to take communion with us this morning. Just uh, examine your life and that you're uh, in the family of God. And uh, that's what communion uh, is for today. We're going to ask you to come to the center aisle and the ushers will ha each have the elements on both sides. So you can come around and then go back and take your seats this morning. But please wait uh, and I'll uh, pray together and we'll partake of the communion together. So Heavenly Father, God, I just love you, Lord. As we go into this uh, special time of remembering uh, your body and your blood that was uh, shed for us, God, I just pray that you help each of us to check our hearts today, check our life, and that you would speak to us about these gifts and how and your purpose is to serve others and help us to make that commitment to you today as we take uh, communion together. In Jesus' name. So church family, you can begin to come. And as you do, as you're standing in line, as you're sitting and waiting for everybody to be served, uh, just meditate for a moment on these gifts and how God uh, might use you uh, in them. May be seated. Reading from uh, right before the spiritual gifts are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, For I have received from the Lord that which also I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we love you so much. And we take this moment to wrap up this service in honoring you for your sacrifice of sending Jesus Christ to live as an example for us. And most importantly, he died for our sins that we could have a relationship with you, God. His body there on the cross for us. It bridges the gap uh, between us that separates us from you. So Jesus, we thank you um, for willfully, for going to the cross for us. We don't take it lightly, uh, all that it accomplished, Lord, but we, we take this moment to remember you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take the bread.
In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray over the cup. God, we thank you for this new covenant that was set before us, that we could have redemption, we could have uh, forgiveness of sins and just be made whole, made well, uh, made complete in our relationship with you, that you wipe away all the sin, all the evil in our life. You set us uh, straight with you, God. And we just thank you uh, for the shedding of the blood that, that brings us that forgiveness and brings healing to our life. We, we just looked at the gift of healing, that it's more than a physical need, or it's, it heals our emotional needs and, and our, our mentality. God, it helps us, it heals us, it heals us. So as we uh, take this, Lord, if there's any, anyone that needs healing, God, I just pray that they would be touched today. We honor you and we give thanks by uh, taking this cup together in Jesus' name. Amen. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Worship team, would you come and lead us out with a song? We love you, God. We praise you, Lord. Would you stand with us, church, as we about to dismiss today? We praise you. We thank you, God. Uh, we want to just declare how awesome you are in our life, God, that when we leave this place, we're not leaving you here. Please continue to speak to our hearts about these gifts and how we can use them. I pray specifically that you would uh, bring people into our life this week, that we could uh, recognize they need you and how we can uh, speak to them, how we can pray for them and work in their life if they uh, need something that our skills uh, can help with, that we would be quick to do that, Lord. We just love you, and we give ourselves to you this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you sing with us uh, as we close, and you be dismissed.